Michelle Cole, Director of Operations and Canine Programs for MK9 Service Dogs. So what inspired you to create the organization? Um, I have been working with service dogs for 22 years, um, first with Guiding Eyes for the Blind, then with another veteran service dog organization. And five years ago, I made the decision to start my own nonprofit, um, working with veterans, and that's how MK9s um, was founded. I come from a military family, um, from my grandfather all the way forward, father, husband, brother, nephews. Our son is currently active duty in the Navy. He's the um, navigator on a fast attack submarine. So the veteran population has always been near and dear to my heart. What is it like having the relationship training the dogs? So one of the things that I learned when I was working with Guiding Eyes for the Blind is when you have a, have a service dog, um, and especially for individuals such as what we work with, the veterans who primarily have PTSD as one of their primary disabilities, that the relationship really is at the heart of the entire um, relationship um, with the dog, the service dog, and the veteran. And the dogs that we train, the reason why we base our training on a relationship is because what we're asking our dogs to do specifically um, is more intuitive for them to be looking for those subtle changes in their veterans if they start to have an anxiety alert or a nightmare. So although you're training the specific task and what, what the dog is supposed to do when it sees that particular um, disability displaying itself, um, our dogs also are always looking for very subtle things. And case in point, one of our dogs um, who was trained for um, his veteran with PTSD and nightmare interruptions, the um, early on when the dog was first living with the veteran who has a family and children, his youngest child was sick in the middle of the night. And so the service dog ran into the little girl's room and saw that she was in distress and then ran back into the bedroom where his veteran was sleeping and woke him up. And when the veteran woke up, he, he was, you know, he knew what he was supposed to do. If it was his nightmare, there's a sequence that we teach our veterans, like the dog alerts you and this is what you're supposed to do. And he sat up and he was like, but I don't feel like I just was having a nightmare. He wasn't sweating or anything like that. And then he, so the dog ran out of the room and then the veteran got up and followed and saw that his daughter was the one who um, actually was the one in distress. So the dogs just learn by living in the family, you know, what is normal and what is not normal. And so um, we also had one of our service dogs who alerted a family member to a heart condition that that dog was not trained for. Um, but by living in that family, 
could really pick up those subtle differences. So, um, so with training a dog to understand what the relationship is, it's also because we are, we tell our veterans, this is a partnership, right? There has to be mutual respect between you and the dog and it goes both ways the dog is not a robot the dog is not going to be your your save your savior that the dog is there to assist you on your recovery journey and so there has to be you know the load has to be shared equally amongst the service dog and their human partner for you how does it feel to see these relationships blossom so because we start with a veteran and we pair them with an eight-week-old puppy that's typically the way our organization does it so the the puppy and the veteran are going through that two plus year journey together from you know a puppy that doesn't know anything at all to a fully trained dog and seeing those really strong bonds, emotional bonds developing um, is really amazing. It's sometimes it's really hard to put into words. It's, it is when a veteran has never been smiling or laughing before and you see them, you know, laughing at a silly thing that their puppy did because it's a puppy, right? And it doesn't know like I'm supposed to be all serious when I'm working and stuff. Um, and our veterans through working with us, with their puppies and through the training are then able to also share more of, you know, how they came to be where they are right now. And then also seeing the relationships that are, are being reformed and the connections that are happening again um, with the veteran and his family, his extended family, you know, the neighbors that he lives with, because we do all of our training out in public spaces. Um, we don't have a brick and mortar facility for our organization. Um, so because we are an all volunteer organization and what we do for our training is we're trying to get our veterans back out into the real world, so to speak. And so it's helpful that that training is done out in those public spaces. I mean, when the puppies are, are very young, I mean, we work with our local churches and stuff. So the trainings are done, you know, in safe spaces for the puppy and the veteran. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's also amazing to see when you know, our veterans are telling us how much medication they're coming off of now that they have their service dog living with them. We also do scent imprinting um, with our puppies. So at every training, when our puppies are, are young, eight weeks old, they're only working with their veteran a couple of times a month because there's so much training that we are doing, you know, on, I guess you would say the backside. Um, and so we're trying to eliminate the frustration that a veteran would have um, with a puppy that has absolutely no skills at all. I mean, our puppies come and they don't even have a name. So we name our puppies after fallen military members. So, you know, that 
frustration we don't want the veterans to have because the puppies are just learning so many new skills. So how we start to facilitate the bond between the puppy and the dog and the dog, the puppy and the veteran is our veterans wear a t-shirt and, you know, for all day. And then they put that t-shirt in a Ziploc bag and they give it to us and the puppies sleep with that. And so the puppies are learning at a very early age what that smell is. And it's pretty amazing because of doing that, what we have seen is even though the puppy might not have seen their veteran for a couple of weeks, that that scent is so, you know, ingrained in their, in their doggy library that as soon as they, you know, we get to our training space, they smell their veteran, they immediately run over to the veteran and they're like, Hey, I remember you. And so it, it's also very uplifting to the veteran um, that, that that connection is already starting. So that's, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Uh, when you uh, work with the veterans and the dogs, uh, going through the process do you see the confidence rise in veterans we do because most of our veterans have never even had a dog before so and a lot of and i would say all of the veterans who actually come to our organization are coming because of the way we do our training that it's this gradual process over a long period of time so that the skills that the veteran is learning is just becomes part of their natural um, vocabulary and their natural way of being. Um, because most service dog organizations, they you know bring in a group of puppies, they train them up. And then when the puppies are fully trained, they bring in the veterans and they do the matching. And then whatever final tweaking needs to be done to the dog, they do. And then the veteran might come, depending on the organization, for three days to two weeks. And if you think about it, this dog has had two years to learn all of the information that they know. And you're telling a veteran, come out of your normal environment and then try to fire hose this information to you. And so when I worked with the other veteran organization, that was their model. And what we learned is really the veterans were leaving with 5% retention of the information because it, it is so much. It is like you are learning a foreign language. And so it's, you know, the veterans that we have who have our service dogs now said they wouldn't have done it any other way that, um, you know, because sometimes training is frustrating. Um, and they, but they liked the fact that they still had, like, I have a lot of time to learn. And the way our training program is set up is, you know, we strive for a two year, you know, from beginning to end. But if it takes a little bit longer for the dog to learn what the veteran needs or the veteran to learn how to live and utilize a service dog, then we do that. So it's, um, 
because they're already, it's already a stressful situation for these men and women that we work with. And we try to always set at both sides of the leash up for success. And you said with two years of training, do you grow attached to these puppies? So we have volunteer mentors in our program who have the puppies in their homes. What, um, and they're doing the day-to-day training and stuff. It is, the, the thing is, is the volunteers that come to us meet the veterans. So they already see who the person is that they are um, training this dog to go to. Um, so, so our mentors develop relationships with the veteran that that service dog has been assigned to. Um, and they know that it's not their permanent dog. I will tell you that tears are shed because you do, I mean, you are spending 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year, um, with your dog. We are what our organization is doing, um, differently now than when we first started is we have mentor teams. So we have a group of people that are working with an individual dog so that each person on that team is having the dog for roughly six months. Um, That builds better resilience in our dogs as they go from, you know, the language everybody is speaking is the same, but the environment is different and where you know, how I live is different than how you live and where you go and your neighborhood and stuff. So it just gives our dogs such a wider reference library to draw from. And so all of our volunteers, when we have our graduations, are just so excited to know that they had a hand in that development of that puppy and are giving the gift of independence and freedom back to that veteran who will then utilize the service dog. And um, our veterans keep in touch with our mentors. So why tell everybody, you know, you the military is a family when you're on active duty, when you retire or get out of the military, that family is gone right and so the veterans are actually looking for that family because that's what they knew when they were active duty and so we facilitate we try to facilitate that so we have our veterans who have service dogs come to the new graduations they also then mentor the the new graduate on you know now that you have the dog full-time here are potential things that you're going to notice, you know, and it's just giving each other that sounding board between veteran to veteran um, of, you know, how to navigate things. We have one veteran that has traveled um, extensively with his service dog. And so every time one of our new veterans is contemplating wanting to do travel, air travel specifically with their dogs. Um, the one veteran that has done so much traveling is kind of like their ready resource. So they know um, we do airport training during the training time. But as with anything, if somebody has lived it, right, 
with their service dog and really can say, yes, these are things that I found work. These are things that I found that didn't work. These are things that I wouldn't have even thought about. And, you know, it was helpful to know. So, um, so that's kind of how it's not just one individual kind of working alone. We try to bring everybody back in, but, um, by doing a mentor team, it's also that the attachment is not as um, ingrained in the volunteer, right? Because when we used to work with Guiding Eyes for, Bl for the Blind, their model is you get an eight-week-old puppy and you keep it to 18 months and then you transfer it back to the school and they go into their formal training <clears throat> That I can tell you because we raised 15 dogs for them. The first one is the hardest. That's the one you shed the tears for. That's the one that your anxiety is so high of will the dog actually pass their final formal test to make sure that they can move forward after everything that you've done for 18 months um, is fruitful. So, um, we we just have found that plus in today's society nobody has two years that they're willing to give right. of their life so we find more people say yes i can give you six months right um because that's that's like a doable chunk <laughs> right say, yeah. you take this dog for two years and you know so so you do a lot to help others, but what do you do to help your own mental health? So I have, I mean, I'm, I love walking and being out outdoors and stuff. We actually have our own personal retired working dogs. Um, so the dogs that we have raised for guiding eyes, when they've gone out and done their, and their working career is over, um, we have, if it was, a visually impaired person who received one of our dogs, you know, we keep in touch with them too. And so we were asked to adopt one of the, you know, a dog back after he had been working for nine years. Um, we currently have our 15 year old lab who was, is a retired um, bomb dog. And so he was stationed for nine years in Jordan. And so um, when they, had you know said his working career is over because of his age um so they gave us the option to adopt him back and so so we do i um and i just love dogs and so my mental health is always doing something with dogs and being out in you know outside and it's easier to be outside and exploring things if you have a companion with you i'm also a personal dog trainer now so i um do that um i do like to read but i don't get to read as often as i like to and most of my reading has to do with dogs so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um you know i grew up on a farm and so that's why i really like being outdoors and and yeah. things like that so um yeah i mean the one thing about having a dog is it doesn't matter what the weather is you will be outside and if you're outside <laughs> you're less likely to um 
you know, just turn inward and, and have, um, like your own thoughts or whatever, um, you know, through COVID, we were able to, because we don't have a brick and mortar facility, we were able to continue training because we were training outside. And so our veterans would come, you know, masked up and, you know, work at the appropriate distance away from everybody else. But that helped not only us, but our veterans, not just say, I can't, I'm afraid to go out and therefore I will isolate myself again, which is the thing that we are working to have them get out of doing, right? And so um, that's, yeah, so that's how I, my mental health is, you know, breathing the fresh air and being outside and, you know, appreciating the, you know, and I have a very strong family. Um, I have a very strong faith. And so when things are challenging, um, because we're, you know, the, the men and women we work with, um, you know, and we're working with them for so long, if you think about it before, you know, by the, from app, from initial application to final placement can be three to four years of time. So you are really going through, you are living their life alongside of them. And so having a strong faith and having a strong family and being able to go outside is really what helps me be able to rejuvenate to then continue to do the mission of, you know, training and providing these service dogs. Um, and I love talking about it. So I guess that also is, yeah. you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, if people want to listen, I'm always happy to talk about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you want to see the nonprofit in the next three to five years? So our, the goal of our organization is never to become one of those multi-million dollar organizations that's really just kind of bringing dogs and it's not the throughput is not what we're looking for. We're looking for that um, each veteran that comes to us that we help, or if we can't help them, we, you know, give them resources to continue their healing journey. Um, so we are looking for the next three to five years is those men and women that want to come to us to that they're at the point in their recovery that a service dog would help facilitate that recovery. And so I can't tell you in five years, I've, I'm expecting to have brought in and placed, you know, 50 dogs or whatever. Um, if it's, you know, one dog a year, then, you know, and, that's also where my faith comes in because taking this leap of faith to start this nonprofit as a completely volunteer organization, we have absolutely no paid anybody. Nobody gets paid. Everybody who works with us, whether it's on the you know administrative side to the raisers to everything, it's they're all doing it as a volunteer because they understand and believe in our mission 
of helping men and women, um, veterans with, you know, service dogs. And we have, and that's how, you know, those people that have donated to us financially, you know, it's, it's making it because they really believe in who we are. They see our dogs out and see the difference that the dogs are making in their veterans' lives. And so that's how we're, con we're able to continue to move forward. Um, because most nonprofits, as I'm sure you know, within the first five years, they're gone, right? They right. don't. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's a labor of love um, for sure. And, but I just believe that, and God has always put in our path when we need something or someone that would allow us to continue to move forward. And so that's kind of, you know, I, I, I have taken on this organization as a, as a very strong leap of faith. And that if God felt that this mission that we have, which is different, is, is a mission that is supposed to see fruition that, you know, we will be able to continue.